It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up? This is Myron and this is episode 29 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Going to keep this intro really short. We're getting this out a little bit late here on Thursday. It was a day off for the Mariners, but it was a travel day for me. I've just touched down here in Seattle. Just trying to bust this intro out for this podcast to get you guys started. We had Vlad Perez back again. And if you're just tuning in, Vlad Perez is an actor, comedian, and DJ down here in Hollywood. You might know him from Modern Family, Big in France, Diary of a Future President, Friendsgiving, Murderville. Also, I have Hannah and Edmonds again with me here talking about the big Yankee series that just happened, talking about the trade deadline ending, the blowover, the aftermath with the Mariners fans and people flipping out about that. We also touch on the Jeter documentary called The Captain on ESPN and ESPN Plus and just talking about the strong, strong Mariner ties to that documentary. It's a pretty interesting one. You should go check it out. Anyways, this is episode 29 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Be on the lookout for episode 30. Yes, we are turning 30 and you will see us now on VH1 Classics. No, I'm just kidding. That's a terrible joke. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up and get out of the way so you can enjoy episode 29 of the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. Well, I will say this, judge or no judge, that doesn't uh, stop the Mariners from scoring 15 runs in the last two games. The Mariners' bats came alive. Hannah, what did you see there? I know, I know the, what did you see out there? I know you called a Yankee Stadium a Cracker Jack box, so what, what, what do you think about these home runs and, and the, all this massive power uh, you know, burst we saw here in this series? Well, after the first game with Marco pitching, you know, I was a little down and out. I mean, I know it's Marco. He has given up three home runs per game three times this year. So that was a little frustrating. And some of the shots were, I mean, Judges and Rizzo's, those were shots. But a couple of the other ones, like your catcher, he had a great series, I thought. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just razzing glad about it a little bit, but you know, you, and you, you go back and you look at some of the Mariners' home runs. They were all legitimate, too. I went and was checking Kelmix because it was only, you know, nine, ten rows back. But uh, it said that that would have been a home run in 24 to the 32 parts. I mean, the only probably uh, one that wouldn't have gone out of most stadiums was Haggerty's, and that was a huge one for us in the series. Right. 
Right. I agree. And uh, what's crazy about that stadium is no uh, lead feels safe in that stadium there and in Boston. I just, I'm always just completely freaked out. seems like you got to beat a team down by four or five runs to really have a, you know, to feel safe. Yeah. No lead is ever safe. Now, is that true? Or is that just us Mariners uh, people feeling this way? Is this how it is over there? Well, you got to look at it from, look at who you're playing. Right. You know, you're playing the Yankees and the, and the Red Sox who at any given time have, you know, offensive-minded teams, you know, no matter what their pitching staffs have looked like over the past, what, 30, 40 years? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you guys are you guys are never like, a, oh, this is a defensive and pitching uh, National League-style team. No, that's never an identity for the Yankees. The Mariners, we've searched for, they've been searching for their identity. Uh, right now, it feels like, hey, we're strong on the uh, pitching side. But also, you know, sometimes the hitting's coming around. When we get into, you know, Yankee Stadium, the, the the display we put on this weekend, we haven't seen that at all this year, right? That that much power in back-to-back days? Not that I remember not putting up 15 runs in back-to-back games. I mean, I was surprised even that we outscored the Yankees for the series 17-16. So, I mean, we had two horses going and Logan – and our new guy Castillo, and that gets me excited for if we were to face the Yankees in a series, along with um, uh, Robbie Ray. I mean, you got to feel good as a Mariner fan, especially if the bats are going. Wouldn't you agree, Myron? Yeah, I feel really good about a win in New York, especially with breaking Castillo out as well. And you know, we're also missing Julio. We're also missing France. We still don't have Haniger. You know, they didn't have Judge. Sure. But Stanton. and they don't have Stanton, but it's it feels good after the way they played against Houston, you know, over that last week. That was definitely a rebound or a turnaround for the team. For the Mariners and Mariners fans, this is huge. This is the first time we've won a series over there since what 2016. So we're talking six years ago, and uh, you know, five trips because we didn't go there in 2020, but. To us, it was a huge thing. I'm sure to you guys, Vlad, it's more of an annoying thing. Well, it's also, I mean, we're just not really used to losing series this year and coming out of the second half. You know, I think the Yankees were like 500 in July. So something close to that. They definitely weren't over, you know, 500. Or, you know, our numbers haven't been what they've been, but... Yeah, it's just another little wake-up call there, you know. I mean, it's a bit of an overreaction. I know if you lose a series, especially around coming off the heels of the trading deadline, it kind of it kind of feels even shittier, right? You kind of feel like, well, we didn't make the right moves. Speaking of the moves, let's talk moves right now. Mariners first, Yankees second. But uh, obviously, it was great to already see our big piece uh, that we picked up, our centerpiece. Among all the other pieces, uh, Luis Castillo, he went out there. You know, he pitched an inning a little bit too long or a batter too long. You know, I feel like if he was on our team all season, the way the Mariners have done things, I don't even think you see him go out there in the seventh inning. Do you, Hanno? Um, I think he's pretty much going to be like he was. He's been strong with Cincinnati. 
going long. Um, yeah, if he didn't, you know, he had a blemish on the game today by giving that home run up in the seventh. But um, I, I can see him going a little extra long and having uh, the Mariners give him a little extra leash. But on the other hand, as we know, the Mariners have their bullpen set up for the ideal game of a seventh and eighth and ninth guy after your pitcher going just six. So I could see it going both ways. So it wasn't this big lights out performance. And what's kind of good about that to me is that you're kind of seeing like, this is probably, you know, the garden variety performance out of this guy, you know, and I heard Scott service says, Hey, he's got a lot of shades like Felix Hernandez, a lot of has that same kind of feeling and tempo and attitude out there. And I, I got to agree with that. We haven't seen somebody like that on the mound. Oh, I agree with that totally. Um, Our defense was a huge factor. JP had an amazing game. I mean, in the third game of the series, him throwing that guy out the plate, I thought was a pivotal moment. But getting back to Castillo, I mean, he's fantastic. His ball's got so much movement. And another thing was why I thought he might have not had that as dominant. It was game was dominant, but it could have been more dominant. You know, CB Buckner was behind the plate, and that's a factor for both teams. Exactly. And Vlad had to walk out. <laughs> God damn it. Have we hurt his feelings too much already? No, he had to go do a thing. I'm trying to think about how I go around. I'm trying to think about it. Let's call him on the phone. With Kelly, Saxon, Mattingly, the Bombers have got all bases covered. Catch the Yankees versus the Mariners, Tuesday night at 7.30 on Channel 11. All right, we're back. We got this shit figured out. We got Hanno up in Edmonds. We got Paul. We got Vlad out in Atwater in the Mercedes and uh, we got me here in the heart of Hollywood. Anyways, let's get, let's get back to Castillo. Uh, Basically what we were kind of getting at or moving towards was, you know, it's been like, it feels like a lukewarm reception, you know, in Mariners nation and on the radio, but like, look, he just went out there and beat the fucking Yankees. Yeah. And a good Yankees in New York, you know, your, your other starters uh, in these big games going down the stretch here in the last week, you know, have not even fared that well. I mean, Logan pitched pretty good, but then, you know, he got lit up and Castillo went in there and we just seen a complete, you know, strong quality start against a strong offense. And I know people are flipping out going, yeah, well, we got him for the rest of this year and we don't, ha- we only have him for next year and then he's going to be gone and these guys are going to be doing this and like, we're not going to be able to resign him and all this. You, know, also you, you never know if you, if you really like the guy. You could always you have an inside shot at resigning. Right. You know, he could get on the. He could go. You guys go on a couple playoff runs. You know, maybe he likes it up there, and uh, then you know you could match somebody else, and you know he's not. Yeah, it's a rent to buy situation for both sides. Yeah, I mean, it's a great scenario in my opinion. Like you guys said. And, you know, let's say, I mean, the M's do have some pitchers down in the minors coming, some high guys, you know, Emerson Hancock. I mean, I don't know if he's the answer, but there's some other guys. You always have the chance then of flipping in again next year. I don't think that's going to be the case. You know, I look forward to the Mariners signing him. I think he's that type of pitcher with that kind of stuff. So uh, it's a great trade. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's people out there that obviously don't, and you know, God, you can only fucking imagine if he 
did not pitch well today. Because there's still people that going like, oh, still he gave up three runs. He, you, you know, JP had to bail him out on all these hits, and you know, this is baseball, right? I mean, you can get beat by bloopers. Mar- Mariano Rivera got beat in the fucking game seven of the World Series by a bunch of non-solid hits, you know. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, but listen, he's already made an impact. These guys that we traded to them aren't going to make an impact for many years. And, you know, I don't want to wish none of these guys bad luck, but I, if I was betting, I would bet maybe one of them's going to pop. Uh, you know, the Marte guy that, uh, you know, the Reds people I was watching Locked on Red said that they fleeced the Mariners. But then if you listen to Ryan Divish or some people that have watched these guys develop, you know, Marte is you know, not a top 100 player as a shortstop. In fact, they're going to probably turn him into an outfielder. The Arroyo guy's supposed to be something a little bit more special. And, you know, the stout is pretty close to coming up and, and, and pitching, but he's not going to be Castillo. Well, to me, I don't, I mean, a trade is supposed to be good for both sides and you never know when you give away prospects, but we haven't been in the playoffs in two decades. And to have three legitimate guys that can pitch in the playoffs, because that's what you roll with in the playoffs, three strong starters. And from my memory, when we were in the playoffs years ago, we always had two, never that third, kind of a tweener guy. And now that we have three, I feel like we can go up against anybody with our pitching. Is that a crazy thought there from a Yankees fan? Or uh, what are you thinking about that with Castillo? And and No, I mean... It's just, I mean, you know, here's another thing when it comes to starting pictures. Like, you know, even somebody as good as Castillo, there's a very small amount of them that are good year in, year out. No bullshit, right? Exactly. Even even the Castillos, the Robbie Rays, all these other guys, they're going to have, you know, these years where they can't fully figure it out. So when a guy's pitching the way he's pitching, the way he looks right now, you know, I mean, that's what you're rolling into the the playoffs. The guy on his good on a good season, you know, right? Yeah, that's what you're right. up. Twenty years, yeah, it's worth it. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with these with who you gave up. Yeah, and and we're you know the fans are really upset that we didn't go out and get offense, and I feel like the fan base once we got this trade forgot that that's what everybody wanted to go and get. Everybody was saying pitching, 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 pitching. People on the radio, fans. You know, you get the occasional like, oh, we need a better second baseman. Well, I don't know if there's a better second baseman slash, you know, utility player playing right now than Adam Frazier. He's hitting over 400 in his last seven games. He's hitting, what, like 340 or 320 in the last 30 games. So we didn't go out and really make any other moves besides this, but... At the same time, this team has been set up with a bunch of people that are supposed to score runs, and they're all coming back. So I don't feel like if you gave up, I feel like if you if you only had so much money in your pocket to spend, you know, you're at the mall. Back in the day, you'd want the jersey you'd want to get. Maybe you'd have to go down to Jinko's and get the two for 15 on the jeans or something like that, or go over to Marshall's to look for shoes. And that's what I think Jerry did here. We spent all what they realistically could spend that was 
you know, enough of a gamble, but not severe enough, you know, to just like bankrupt the, the farm system. And look, these teams want uh, players that are going to show up, in, you know, in a couple of years. These teams don't want to rebuild forever. And that's what the price was. This this person that we're getting, Castillo, is like a front-end one pitcher in this league. And that's what we got. And with the money left over, he just, you know, bought some other things that may or may not help the depth part of the team. None of these guys are coming onto this team that we got. Lamb or the other guy. I don't even know their names. They're not coming in here to be like, these are the guys we're relying on. They're literally going to be these guys that like if the Jared Kelnicks and the Demos and the Toros and, you know, our outfield jam, if these guys are either hurt or it's just not happening, we have another body, right, Hannah? Yeah, I totally agree with all that. You know, we're fans. We always want the best player available. We always want to improve our team. And the Mariners are looking towards the future, you know, to have a big run at it this year. I'm excited to go with the team that we have. I know that this is the team we're going with and we're ready to roll. But, um, you, you know, the whole thing about the players we picked up, yeah, it's kind of funny. A couple of them are hurt right now. I mean, it's just totally Mariners. But like you said, those might not be the guys we're going to roll with, but you know, we got extended rosters in September. It gives us some cushion. If some guys get banged up, maybe one of those guys might get hot. You know, that catcher will be a better option, I believe, probably than Torrens as far as receiving the ball. And he caught uh, Castillo over 27 times. And or it puts you know, the pressure makes- on him. And it puts some pressure on him to be like, hey, play better, hit better, everything better. Definitely. So um, it's, it's just good to have those extra guys. Like I said, I just think it's when the rosters expand, hopefully the Mariners are still in it. And then you got options to set up your playoff roster. It's probably going to be damn similar to what it is now, but you know, one of those guys might pop. You just never know. Or an injury. You just got to give yourself a little bit of cushion. Now in special boxes of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes, a great action mini poster of Nolan Ryan, Reggie Jackson, or me, King Griffey Jr. I'm the good looking one. Oh, God. I would give Jerry a B plus on what he's done for free agency this season because you always you also have to remember we got Carlos Santana. We just got him a little bit earlier in the year, which is harder to do. We got him early. We didn't have to give anything up for it. And we also got a, a pitcher, a, a number one. You can argue already he's the best pitcher on the team. And yeah. And so and so and 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 Vlad, you guys were looking at this guy for sure. Yeah, I mean, everybody wanted him uh, the way he's been pitching. And like I said, it's, I mean, it's all about uh, you know what, how how are you playing, how are you pitching right now? Like, I'm sure your GM and front office knows too. Like, just because you guys are in the playoff mix this year doesn't mean you're going to be next year. Like, you guys went on a 14 game win streak. Like, this season has its own little story. So. I think it was smart for him to go out and make that kind of move. But again, he didn't risk like he gave up a lot, but he gave you know he has a, somebody who's going to be there for two years, and uh, you know the guy everybody wanted. So yeah, yeah I think it's the right move. Yeah, and it says that hey, he needs to say to the Mariners fans this off season. Okay, we got this far, whatever that ends up being. Now we need to push a little harder in free agency in the offseason and not give up any players, but pay and get this um, 
get the get the team better and uh, increase our payroll. That's what I'm open for. Yeah, and Vlad's gotten me deep into this uh, Jeter documentary and uh, the captain on uh, ESPN or ESPN Plus. If you've not seen it, it's awesome. There's so much Mariners stuff tied into this. I know a lot of it's the heartbreak, but you do get the 95 uh, shit in there. And, you know, you get to relive all these moments. There's a lot of Kingdom footage, a lot of A-Rod footage, because obviously those two are tied together. But the way that team was assembled where it was just add-on, 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 boom, and then you have a dynasty team, and then you're going out and you're adding all these pieces around the, you know, the core four, the core five, if you want to throw Bernie Williams in there, I would too, you know, and then or the Tinos and stuff like that. And they would just add these guys on. Yeah. I know it would feel as a Mariner fan. We'd be like, they got strawberry. They got Canseco. They got there. They got David just, they got all guys these- role players. Yeah. Those guys were role players at the end of their careers where they didn't play every, they weren't asked to go out there every day. They platooned. And I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see like the Santana, like the Santana move is very, you know, uh, Yankees, uh, a move, right. You know, somebody well, that you know, he's a dangerous guy who's had, you know, when you're looking for power, there's nothing out there, you know, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? You know, but you have to find somebody who you think, all right, this guy's still, you know, he could, you know, he, he, he has it in him, you know, is he Santana from, Three years ago, no, but the guy still knows how to hit, you know? And sometimes you're wrong, too. Like, we we tried Justin Upton, and that, that wasn't happening. And so then we got Santana, yeah. and it was a different story. He's a big, one of the biggest busts I've ever seen. Upton? Yeah. How so? I just, I mean, I just remember having him in fantasy and, like, as a keeper and stuff, and like he's had, a, I think he had like as many good seasons as you need to get paid or to be considered, right? You know that kind of guy, a fleece, and to have somebody, you know, and basically, I mean, I don't think anybody who signed him was. It's it's hard happy. when you're really good at nineteen, twenty years old in this league, and then you get to thirty two and you just run out of gas. I mean, Felix Hernandez was one of those guys too. They they're so good, so young, but then you forget all the miles they're putting on. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not like a personal thing. But. Don't settle for anything less than the best in the West, where you'll find trucks, trucks, and more trucks on River Road in Puyallup. And tell them the bone sent you. I like how you tied in the Yankees, and you need role players, Mine, You're exactly right. You need guys on the bench that are fucking good that can do one thing really yeah. well and help you. You gotta have those guys. The Mariners had them in their runs way back when, but the Yankees always have it. That's why the bench is so fucking important. They are. They are. And and you know what? You know which guy reminds me. I mean, they're not the same kind of player, but you know who who uh, on this Yankees run watching this documentary? You're like, oh, I forgot about that guy. Oh yeah, he was good. Well, the Yankees on this big run had a second baseman by the name of Chuck Knobloch. Right, remember Chuck Knobloch? He was a Minnesota Twin, was a champion with them. Went over to the Yankees. I think he won three, four, maybe four of them with with the Yankees. And uh, you know, he was just this three, three. He won. Thank you. He won three titles with them. But like, that's what like a Frazier guy reminds me. Maybe even two. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, he's a tough nosed, solid, solid player. 
that is tough-minded and doesn't get rattled and can do some things really well but might not play every day but also have the ability to. But, yeah, that great bench guy and starter even. I mean, even when Wade Boggs was on that team, he wasn't the everyday third baseman. Oh. The bench is very critical in playoff runs. Also in that documentary that I think a Mariners fan should go and watch because there's all these opportunities with, uh, you know, prospects and things like that or teams thinking certain players and fans thinking certain players are the key to the, you know, the key to the success. You got to have this person and you don't get them and you hold on to whoever you have. Like for instance, uh, the Mariner, the Mariners were, I mean, the Yankees wanted Felix for Do you remember Felix for uh, Hannah? Yeah. Elgato. Elgato. Yeah. Elgato. They wanted to give us what, uh, Vlad, what, what, what did, what's that story? Yeah, I guess they weren't liking Jeter in spring training, and they were just doing like the Yankees freakout. And this was in and, what ninety six. Yeah, so this was after we had the ninety five series. Right. So since so ninety six, and the Yankees, uh, Steinbrenner and his uh, you know advisors are all freaking him out, like you can't win with this kid at shortstop, and they checked if he was available and I guess there was a potential trade to get Felix Fermin from you guys for Mariano Rivera. Well, I blame Woody Woodpecker, Myron. Uh, Woody Woody Woodward. Yeah. I mean, that just kills me right there, but you know. What was the clog? Like they were like, we're not giving up Felix Fermin or what? That's what I want to know. What happened there? I think the, uh, I mean, the Yankees Brass, whoever was still around, was like, that's really not a, a good move. Because we have and, A-Rod, and, uh, so like, uh, what, were we just going, A-Rod's not ready? What, what's the deal? I, they, we could have sweetened that deal up, though. Uh, yeah, the only thing I could possibly think of is the Mariners back in the time going, we're giving up a guy who plays every day and shorts up for a reliever? Are you kidding me? That's the yeah, only that's plausible a, thing. Yeah. And then we said, that's a right. bad idea, but let's give you Tino Martinez and Jeff Nelson <laughs> instead. I know. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, literally. I was in shock when we got Tino from you guys. Gosh. Yeah, just open up the wounds. Open hey, them up. If you really want to open up your Tino Martinez wounds, you watch this documentary. He's one of the one of you know Jeter's friends and talking heads. He's he's it's really good. There's a lot of Harold Reynolds on there. I mean, if you're a Mariners fan, you got to go watch this because it's we romanticize so much about the '95 series and beating the Yankees, and then you watch this documentary, and it's like a slap of reality if you've forgotten about this. And it's also a cautionary tale of of trading prospects as well. So it it do, it could make you a little bit more weary, but also it does show you when certain teams are ready to win right now, you got to go right now and like staying up at that level of like winning. You have to keep doing these. Like you have to gamble. You have to do these things. You can't take uh, winning for granted. I mean, uh, you know, I mean. How long should anybody have to wait? You know, so it's like when your team's finally good, and I've been hearing Mets fans say this this year of like, they've been waiting on prospects for, you know, 30 years. 
you know, how you guys haven't made the playoffs in 20 years. 21. And uh, 21, and now you're finally looking pretty good. I mean, to at least get there. I mean, that's where it starts, you know? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, you got to go make to- the move. Also, I think the free agent class is on the weaker side next year outside of, like, Judge. The World Series, where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball favor, catch it! The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. What's the Yankees vibe like after the trade deadline? You know, you got Ben Attendee, which he was the hot name out there until Soto. And uh, you also uh, added Freddie Montas. But you guys also uh, traded away one of the people in your starting rotation. Yeah, that was a head scratcher. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's got everybody in New York wondering what the hell's going on, or if there's something going on that you know we just won't hear about. But I mean, to train a lefty in your rotation, one of the more steadier pitchers, there's still two months left in the season. Like the way they're trying to spin it is that they're building their playoff roster. There's still two months left, and it's like you know, there's not a more brittle athlete than the starting pitcher, you know? Like, we just put Severino on the 60-day DL. Montas isn't even going to be around until next week for a death of the family. And, you know, to trade a guy who's been on your team for three years pitching under a four-ERA as a lefty, I mean, when you're trying to bolt, like, we got uh, Frankie Montas to add pitching depth. So I, it doesn't make any sense to take one guy out. Herman uh, uh, just came back. Any of these guys could pop up with a X-ray or any call anybody. You know how it is. Cortez, they were. I mean, he's having a hell of a year, but they, you know, they're they're worried about his uh, workload because he's never, you know, pitched a full season before. I don't know. Have you guys seen uh, uh, Nasty Nestor? Yeah, he was a former Mariner that did not stick with us very long. And, yeah, he's incredible. It's just an incredible story how he was basically on his, like, last his last chance at baseball. And he just started doing all this funky shit. And, it, you know, it worked. I mean, Myron, listening to Vlad here, I mean, that's what Mariner fans were talking about at the deadline as well. Wanting, you know, being disappointed to add a pitcher. So we needed a bat versus a pitcher. And, you know, the Mariners have been very lucky this year not having one injury. One of the few teams whose rotation hasn't had an injury at all. So, you know, to look at it from Vlad's side, and especially from the powerhouse Yankees, to now the Mariners' side, adding an extra guy and having that problem with an extra guy in the rotation or having to move him to the bullpen, it's, it's a different way of looking at it. I have a little project. 
Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand name power tools for its latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, for once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. I mean, you know, seeing a lot of Texas and seeing, or excuse me, Houston a lot and watching the Yankee series. I mean, if it gets to be those two teams at the end, that's going to be a hell of a series. Who do you got the advantage, in your opinion, on those two, Byron? Who would have, between Houston and New York? The Yankees, yeah. I mean, I'd, I, it's hard to see Houston losing, you know, seven or four games out of seven to anybody. And But the same thing with the Yankees, so... I, I really think it comes down to possibly, you know, pitching because both teams are going to smoke the ball. And I think right now, from what I've seen, I feel like um, the Astros have more of a cohesive uh, starting rotation. But that's if everything's at top cylinder. I, I do think it's, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be Mr. You know, pessimistic of the Mariners, but I do think it's going to get down to Houston and New York. But right now, I, I kind of feel like Houston is the team to beat again. Absolutely. I mean, I, uh, but you got to play the game. I mean, I mean, all the when you watch this documentary too, you realize you keep thinking, man, the but ninety eight, yes, but all the other years, the Yankees were not the absolute favorite to just tear everybody up. I mean, as they kept going along and, you know, picking up rings and rings, yeah, then it was like, how do you beat these guys in October? But they weren't the, like, team that just crushed everybody every year. Oh, I agree. I mean, the reason I asked the question was, well, first off, Vlad's right. We got two more months to play. We're not there yet. But once we get there... Um, you know, between the in, the in the second round, if we were to get to the playoffs and go to the second round, we would face either of those teams. And, you know, is there a better team to face than the other? And for us, it might be the Yankees because we have struggled mightily against the Astros. Yeah, so that's why we say that. It's I don't feel like it's a disrespect thing to the Yankees. It's just like, no. listen, we just get it. We've been getting our asses kicked by these guys for like six years. You know, a couple of few years ago, we were what one in nineteen against them. But also, listen, you think that, you know? So you know, we we they've beaten us in two game sevens, one of which the the year they were definitely cheating. I mean, they they basically we feel like we, we they robbed us of a World Series. I uh, the, the Baby Bombers twenty seventeen team had that special feel. Yeah. It was like one of those yes. teams that you're like, wow, this is a, you know, it, what it ended up being was our return to being a good team. In our but friendship, that, in our that, friendship, that, that was the most excited I ever saw you about the about the Yankees. Yeah, because it was the, when I moved here and I met you, the the you know that that era was over. Yeah, one of the very first writing meetings we were in, of uh, uh, the TV was going. And it was 2014, and we were, like, reading scripts or pitching stuff, and the TV was on in the background, and Derek Jeter got his very last at-bat. And his very last at-bat got a hit. And I looked over at Vlad, and he was nodding his head. I go, did you see that? And he, and he said to me, he goes, I was doing everything I could not to cry in that moment. 
You remember that? That's true. That's true. <laughs> but like back then, it was like you know, it was like that was what I was. That's what we were watching for. But like I would, I like you know, to be honest, on a on a real bad year or like a a, a total rebuild year, I'm not watching every game. You know, right? I, I, I'll follow. I'll, I'll be looking at the box scores, or I'll be reading. The Mariners Articles had that with to, Ichiro. Uh, you know. The Mariners had years like that with Ichiro, where it's just, we, we were not in contention, but it was you turned into like, "Hey, we're watching this guy." And I think Felix Hernandez kind of had that too, where we're just going, "Oh, I can't watch it." Well, Felix is pitching. Okay, I can watch that. Or, or Ichiro's going after some sort of record. You would watch that. So, I mean, we totally understand how you feel. So you know that that baby mama's team was like uh, special, and you know that's that was like the beginning of our Houston. I mean, they also, I mean, they beat us a couple of years before that, but that was you know completely different. Yeah, team like uh, some random wild card year, but uh, you know they beat us a couple of years ago. But you know we lost to Boston, so it's like you know they really are just that team that knows how to win, or they're just pricks. Yeah. They just, you know, they just they have those good at bats. Well, you know, you can't bury them. Fucking everybody just loves pitching to let Altuve have career days every fucking time. <laughs> Trust me, that's every thread or every text message you ever have, you know, at least I have with about Mariners and when we're playing Houston, it's. It, if I had like I hate this old scene if I had a penny or a dime for every time somebody said why do we fucking pitch to Altuve I would be a billionaire take I, your I, chance with anybody else oh god anybody else I know you know Bergman beat us last series I'm okay with that but we we've seen too he's many he's another fucking guy who's just, uh, he's, just everybody a, knows a he's just, everybody knows he's like a Paul Molitor he's just gonna unload on the first pitch so I just don't understand why you just go out there and do as I said on the documentary on the on the captain documentary, the you know the first pitch. A lot of people treat it as a, uh, especially in the World Series, it's a it's a photo it's a photo moment. You know, or what's the word? Jeter used to hit those all yeah, the time. Yeah, and Jeter, d- yeah, exactly. It's a flash bulb moment. No, it's not. It's the first pitch. But a lot of times, pitchers will just come down there and just throw it right down Broadway. A lot of coaches, at least when I was playing, and you know high school and other leagues, a lot of the times when you're leading off innings, you rarely had the option to green light on a, uh, you know, a fastball, which always sucked. I always hated that. But, you know, they do the same thing in the major leagues all the time. Jeter says in the documentary, he was like, I was looking for a fastball down the middle every time. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, why did that 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 not work for me? That was my approach. Yeah, but I was like, that was my approach in Little League. Yeah. <laughs> right, I was just like, that was... right now, that's like but... yeah. I was like, you know, me normally, too. normally people say, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking for him to hang something, or, 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 or you know, just like leave, leave, leave an inside pitch a little over the plate, or like, uh, you know, like the lefties like it low. But Jeter's like, man, right down the. Middle. Let's see, yeah, the great ones know that they're like, yeah, the great ones are like, I want, uh, I look for the easiest pitch I can hit, you know, but identifying that's the the the, the mystery, right, you know? Absolutely. I mean, that last home stand against Houston Altuve ambushed us twice in the series. So frustrating. And then the Astros, you know, they they lose guys to free agency, but they reload, and you're thinking, oh, now this is our year. But they just 
their farm system is producing guys. You know, we got a guy from uh, Houston last year um, in Toro. I was thinking, oh, that might help us, you know, the way um, Houston reloads and brings guys up and they don't miss a beat. But <laughs> that probably was why they traded him to us. They knew something. Yeah, and I think us as Mariner fans, I know it's this thing of where we're like, no, we, this is the destined team this year. We have to come, one, to make the playoffs. There's like a group of people who are like, hey, this is our ceiling, the playoffs. And then there's another group that wants everything that's just a little crazy. And you, the thing about this Jeter documentary, again, I keep bringing it up, is it's not just all about the Red... Um, it's not just all about the Yankees. They definitely chronicle the the Red Sox, you know, rise. Also, like, formidable teams like Marin, the Mariners that just were in their way or the Orioles or the, or the Cleveland Indians at that time. There's going to be this, you know, group of, of teams that are all just about at that same level. And it's, you know, if we're lucky, there's going to be years that we get walked off and they – ALCS or we make it to the world series and get our hearts broken. But if you can add holding up the trophy and celebrating and drinking champagne on the very last game of the season, you know, in November, at least once it's worth it. Absolutely. Was that a Donahue moment? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, it was. Hey, do I got to leave that bomb in there? Yeah. (laughs) Just leave that. I go. You can't go now. I'm playing a big game. I don't care if you're playing the New York Yankees. You need something hot for lunch. Tell me. There's time for muggle lunch. Some lunch times, there just isn't time for lunch. That's the time to start with muggle lunch. Hot, hearty dishes you make in a mug in minutes, like new chicken noodle and macaroni and cheese. Now you're ready. Mugger lunch? You trying to take advantage of us? Gossage and Penella. The New York Yankees? Mugger lunch. Hot, hearty, in a hurry. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, okay, so we're running out of time here. I think we covered everything. One quick thing. Hey, we're going we're gonna to be tying up with you guys this next coming week at T-Mobile Park. We're both going up. Vlad and I are flying up to... Uh, Seattle to catch this series. Hannah, you're going to be down there. We'll be out there. The rye bread and mustard. Look for the shirts. It's going to be, I'm, I would assume the Yankee series, even though it is a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday afternoon, it, it's going to be, uh, you know, at least a three-quarter to a full house, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I just saw a preview of this upcoming weekend against the Angels, and I know we have history with them, but, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. we're charging towards the we're charging towards the playoffs. We got 40,000, I saw, for both Friday and Saturday. I expect just as much for New York. I jumped a, I jumped oh, the gun there a little bit. I will be there this Friday to boo. boo. I will be there this Friday to boo Phil Nevin in person. Is he still the manager? Do they fire him? He's still there. Okay, yes. Playing it out. Oh, my God. I gotta, I'm going to prepare these lungs like I'm doing a improv musical or something uh what were you gonna say uh there vlad just judging the season like you know people are definitely gonna be uh going to see this yeah and we got to get down there for i want to watch judge take uh batting practice now that we're not in a 102 degree uh 
Dodger Stadium, <laughs> you know, under the there's a hole in the ozone layer over that thing. But uh, yeah, we'll get down there maybe on the Tuesday game and watch some batting practice and check it out. Yeah, look forward to you guys being up here and checking the game out again. Yep. Thank you for liking, subscribing, and listening, and especially downloading. The Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast. We are getting closer and closer to our goals. You downloading the episodes really helps. The reviews, writing reviews really helps. And listen, uh, guys, do you guys like five tool baseball players? Absolutely. You know what I like more, though? Five-star reviews. Okay, so if you think this episode is, you know, a five-star uh version of a show please hit us with that five-star review again we had vladimir perez in the house again on the phone and in the studio he's all over the place he's like the utility player this week while we've been uh playing the yankees got hanno and edmonds this is episode 29 yes rye bread and mustard is turning 30 when's that next episode gonna drop i'm not gonna tell you that's why you got to subscribe so you know when these episodes are coming to you also if have you ever thought guys have you guys ever thought of starting your own podcast absolutely especially now since i've been working with you <laughs> okay wow it's, <laughs> it's it's really, it's really, really easy, Hannah. In fact, you know, you can do it right here on Buzzsprout. Okay. It's, it's, it's really simple. It's really simple. Even for somebody like you that barely knows how to turn on a computer, it is a good place. It is a good place to, you know, cultivate your, um, you know, voice or message you want to get out there. And, uh, you know what? <laughs> If you want to start it today, I can give you a discount. Just go ahead and check out the show notes here on the show. There's a link. You follow it. Boom. It helps you out. It helps our show out. Uh, go ahead and, you know, just get out there. Get your message out to the world here on Buzzsprout. Anyways, this is episode 29 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Hanno, you know what fucking time it is. <laughs> Yeah.